Hey Welcome to season three of As It Goes. Clearly in this season, it's going however I want it to go because it's November. This episode was recorded sometime this summer. It has been dancing along on my to-do list to get out. And here we finally are. No rules. Love it. This season is going to be a mix of really interesting conversations that I've had over the past couple months with some really cool humans doing some really cool things. And I'm really excited to share those with you and to share what they're working on, their inspiration, as well as our usual chit chats. Again, if there are topics, ideas, questions that you have that you think we should talk about here, email them, info at reself.me, and I'll do something with them for sure. This is a dialogue as much as it is a one-way platform at the moment. Jump on to our website, see what's new. I hope you've been well. I have missed you. This is really, I've missed this in my life. I'm glad that I'm finally making time for it because we have time. It's what we make time for. Am I right? Busyness is just an excuse and one that I am just as guilty of using. You know, priority shift, la la la. Uh, But here we are. Back in action, baby. So buckle up, sit tight, and enjoy the conversation. Cinema. (laughs) But if I, like, channeled, like, 10% of that energy into, like, other stuff, like... (laughs) Sometimes it's, especially now, like with TikTok and content, like no one gives a shit how it looks. It's literally just like, you know, you just need to crank things out. See, I think it's the, I'm so old school. Mm-hmm. I think it's the principle. Like I totally respect that you're like that. Because yeah. I, I think, you know, the more that's the direction things go, like you said, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to people but so then it's like it also is what we were talking about earlier which you were talking about like just liking and mm-hmm. loving yeah what you're doing yeah i do it for me mostly exactly. yeah people i don't think give a shit or will notice like all my whatever like the awesome shots or colors or the things i slave over <laughs> it's like no one gives shit you know no one that's like the thing with movies also like if mm-hmm. it's so good you're not going to notice it but if it's you know well, i guess mm-hmm. that's but yeah, but it. I digress. I mean, for social media, it's now. It would behoove me to be less of a quality freak. Yeah. Just but focus I think, on getting out. I think it's, you know, even with movies, right? It's all the same principle at the end of the day where it's like maybe the average person doesn't notice, mm-hmm. but somewhere subconsciously that mixture of everything that, someone is doing and putting into that yeah is what makes it for sure i agree with that that's a good way to put it i mean it's part of the whatever experience you're 
having watching it consuming it and then that hopefully will bring them back yeah whether it's quality or whatever goofiness right yeah no thanks you've just placated my emotions (laughs) beautiful yeah all right let's start at the beginning okay where you know how did you get into art were you always into art as a kid were you an artistic kid Mm, no people have asked that before and (laughs) i'm like also so bullish on this idea of like you're not like you're born talented like you're a natural born artist i totally don't i totally disagree with that and whatever but like um to answer your question no i think but i did like creative stuff like i would play with legos like built booby traps like i was always hands-on stuff i guess my mom you know put me in those situations like crafts whatever but not painting Mm -hmm. i mean painting drawing not until like middle school i was into graffiti that was kind of like the origin story is what i say i was really into graffiti looking on youtube watching people like paint murals and then i just wanted to do that miraculously my mom let me get spray paint i got to spray paint the garage and like those were like the formative years of painting, but I don't even consider it because that's like very different from what I do now, you know, yeah. it's still in the umbrella of painting, but that was more just like, like street art graffiti's cool as shit. Like mm-hmm. I want to do that. And then, but like we were talking about before that interest built over time. And then I had that independent study in boarding school where I was talking about how graffiti, like the thesis was sort of like, Graffiti is like the first major art form worldwide that was sort of started by like this youth pop culture movement, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And so I did graffiti to like talk about it. And then it was like awesome. And then that year I got really into it and I was able to like dive into it as like a like on a higher level of just like a creative passion you don't have on your side you're like oh i like to do this i like to do this it was kind of like for school so it like pushed me to like take it more seriously i had to study so i really sank my teeth in and then also was able to actually paint on campus which was miraculous at a prep school totally but that again i thought that's like we said before like this springboard of everything and then after that i was really into graffiti characters and doing canvases and then slowly shifted past graffiti into more traditional work and then I went to schools for it and then I just kept doing it kept doing it and we're here now did you have a moment okay a few questions mm-hmm. yeah tell me yeah cut me off no I ran really hard same okay <laughs> um okay first did you have a moment in your transition from being a graffiti artist now to being a fine artist of any sense that like what am I what am I doing mm. I don't belong in this genre or was it a fluid transition from that or like you just never perceived the boundaries of it yeah I just think it was fluid is more I mean I was just like again this it sounds so like cliche but I just was literally doing whatever I wanted like I wanted to mm-hmm. do graffiti like it was cool that like I idolized people and like on the internet again looking through YouTube because like I was from a suburban town like this is not some city where there's graffiti everywhere totally. the only you know interaction and proximity was through the internet and I just like mm. would do what they did I liked that and then I liked like cool graffiti characters like aliens and weird you know characters so I did that and then from those experiences I wanted to do more fine artsy versions of this like on canvases so it was just like 
snowballing my passion or like my interest and then just doing that and that led to something else and opened another door and then I did that so it was I never I don't think I was super like analyzing myself Got it. it's only like retrospectively you can like right. analyze your path but in the moment in those early years especially when it wasn't my job it wasn't anything mm-hmm. it was literally just like something I wanted mm-hmm. to do I was just bouncing back and forth so you know whatever it. it's kind of like music I feel like like people I guess not making music but listening to music you know you have like phases or you like this and you just stumble into other things and it's mm-hmm. very like childish almost and it's like pure yeah <laughs> yeah that's nice to say yeah pure but no I was just like you know <laughs> kind of dicking around doing what I wanted with painting and uh, but the important thing it was just for me you know it was yeah. by me for me within myself interested by my like from my inner self I was like all right I want to do that you know it wasn't mm-hmm. influenced by anything else which is pure <laughs> totally that's yeah. I mean that's it yeah Sam and I grew up in the same yes area we're from the same same egg uh, I guess for sure yeah um okay so that was my other question about graffiti mm-hmm. which was what I know that you said you know into skate culture and stuff yeah. um, when we were talking earlier what was it also like music like what intersections and obviously the internet mm-hmm. brought you to that and what was it about graffiti well I think um actually this is like a long string to thread but is actually yeah the the skate culture and i wasn't like a crazy skater but i like that again like watching youtube videos of skaters a couple of my friends that weren't at our school um were like skater kids and they had like you know skater cams with a fish eye and like i really (laughs) love that for more of like the documenting purposes like i love the skate filmers and the camera and the fish eye yeah and then yeah very cool like as like a creative outlet like Mm -hmm. for such young kids to be like so into that it was like pretty cool um we're talking like sixth seventh grade Mm -hmm. and that um like that was i was into the video stuff and so graffiti was almost like just another compartment of interest but you could like film it so again like Mm -hmm. this before i was into graffiti like I was obsessed with YouTube. This is just running it back a little more. So like I would do Nerf gun videos. I would do like video game videos on YouTube. I would post videos on YouTube of me and my friends, like mm-hmm. just dicking around, whatever. So the graffiti, which I, was another compartment that I was interested in, kind of had this supplemental innate interest to just document it and video it. And then like, you know, it was so easy to do a time lapse. Like, you know, yeah. it's pretty easy to do that as a young age you have nothing no idea about cameras so that was like really interesting to me to like do a time lapse of like a little graffiti piece because that's what I was watching on the internet also like yeah. street art murals so that was maybe from the skating I was interested it was kind of like always both of those things at the same time the thing that's my most consistent thing in my life is like I guess painting now but again I didn't really start seriously till I was older but always videotaping it and documenting it for the purpose of document it but also for the purpose of like making something you know so it's like this weird cycle perpetual thing of like film it do it you know look at it i don't know post it on the internet (laughs) (laughs) into the void yeah um 
so interesting like as you explain that <clears throat> i see it and it's you know it's an art in and of itself mm -hmm. to capture the process of making art mm -hmm. which there's something i think really beautiful about totally that yeah and special mm -hmm. yeah yeah and back then it wasn't like super what it is now like now it's like a full-blown like i really People don't know this as much about me. I try to tell them at every waking corner that like <laughs> I'm on my computer equal, if not more than I am behind like uh, a yeah. canvas, you know? So like the job is videoing and editing and cinematography and I love it, but it's also a huge creative outlet for me back then. I don't, I mean, maybe it was just like the pure years, but it was like, it was, it, it was just like, Oh, let's just like film it. Mm. And like, we'll see. I don't know. It's like something weird. Looking back, it seems almost like, it seems more toxic now like because mm. it's like job but like back then like the idea of putting it on the internet when youtube was like just born in 2009 or whatever it was it's like that's pretty cool like i'm looking th i'm just thinking now having a brain blast being like wow that's kind of like <laughs> kind of just like we you know like it's such a new that was such a new world of like and that was pre like social media youtube was totally. a thing and you could upload videos but it was like before social media but i guess it was still a form of social media i don't know no I but i think i agree with you no i think it was again pure it was a different thing back then yeah yeah and it's like the communities like that's like this my skater friends like they would go to woodward and like post their recap videos and then kids around the world can see these other young ass kids and they're like weak at a skate camp mm -hmm. and everyone doing the new big trick or whatever like and that's just cool as ever like right like it's just like you just find your little niche community on the internet. Totally. I was born on you, like raised by YouTube for sure. That's what, <laughs> that's what's beautiful about the internet. And like the many times I have had to remind myself about yeah. that. Um, because when I was a senior in high school, I stopped using Instagram and social media. And nice. Stuff. Good for you. Thanks. That's fine. <laughs> Out of the curb. Yeah. But it was just like, I mean, and I had a super negative opinion about it, but also mm. in it, I wasn't so much like into YouTube. I actually literally bought my dog that I have is because of Jenna Marbles. Oh, nice. I have Hell a yeah. Kermit. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, other than that, no, but I was raised on Tumblr. Mm -mm -mm. I was a Tumblr right. kid. Nice. And that, especially from the area that Sam and I grew up in, like that was my lens outside of the world. Right. Where I was like, all right, I don't vibe with this place, mm -hmm. but look at how big the world is. Totally. And like you said, finding that niche community, I think especially as a young kid, it's so valuable. Totally. So valuable. Well, again, it's like I mentioned it before we were on here, like you have all these experiences at in school which is kind of like filter feed towards you kind of mm -hmm. you have your parents and your family and that's like you know they throw interest and in you do things but like when you discover things by yourself with zero influence of the outside world your like interest in that is like super like laser focused and streamlined because I don't know how else to say it, but like the buy you for you, like no mm -hmm. one's telling you to look at this. No one's you discover it mm -hmm. and you enjoy it or you're interested in your natural curiosity and then it leads you to whatever. So you kind of like, you know, suck on to that because it's kind of, again, pure. But like 
it, it's cool because that makes that makes rational sense in my mind you know to like find something by yourself and then you get into it um and then it's just the whether or not like you maintain that interest or you pursue it in any ways because like everyone has interests and stuff but right um but i think that's great yeah tumblr's awesome i never was into it but like i kind of know about it in the yeah. world and i know other like tumblr girls who are like still obsessed to this day and i think it's yeah. great it's like super awesome it is yeah. i um i do still have a tumblr but it's like i am a cryptic <laughs> journaler nice so and like everything goes in there but occasionally i put stuff on like visually for myself on my tumblr mm -hmm. but um yeah like it's still the same as it was back oh, yeah. then yeah and that is a magical thing i think and like what you're saying too about buy you for you 100 percent like mm -hmm. it makes such rash, rational sense and like we've talked about here all the time is you know Jung has this quote from the red book which is like there's no other way but your way mm, I like that there's no other path but your path everything else tempts and deceives you and i think that there's so much truth in that and like what you're saying is the lived experience of that i think because you know, it's so, as you're saying, like, when you have those paths and everything is being fed at you and, like, we step back and we look at the ways in which, like, how does a development of a child totally. work? Completely. And um, is that best serving mm. us and society, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. At a higher level. Right. Um, and I... I just think and like part of the reason why reself exists and why um, there is a link, a strong link between living consciously. So, you know, just just being awake mm -hmm. to to our lived experience and being authentic. Right. And the ways in which those two things are strongly interdependent, uh, I think sits on exactly what you're talking about which is following those little interests or cues or whatever curiosities and i mean one of the reasons why you know i love seeing what you've done and what you've built and what you're doing is that seems to be what your journey has been yeah you, I mean, yeah. And, like, I'm not trying to crystallize, like, oh, I, <laughs> I just followed my passions to Valhalla. But, like, I think it's totally true and it's cool. But it, I don't think it, like we were saying before also, before we were on camera, like, it's not everyone's fault. You know, like, mm -hmm. you just live. And it's it's pretty easy to, like, sit here and, like, dissect, like, you know, child development or, like, what's the best, like, ways to, like, raise a kid or, like, develop interests. But the name of the game is just to, like, be open to other experiences and, mm -hmm. like, Again, that sounds woo-woo and cliche, but like no. it's you need to leave space to like experience other things. Um, and it's like a testament to, I think, also parents to like give that space to mm -hmm. children. And, you know, everyone is like, I'm pretty sure like would say that, oh, yeah, like try new things. Like that's like a very rudimentary theory. Like 
try new things. Like th that's the only way you're going to understand what you do and do not like. Right. But like to the point where you're sort of nurturing, you know, whatever and, and like and making that a really yeah. good space. I mean, I'm not a parent, but <laughs> <laughs> I, that's something that I think is important. And like it, it's a testament to my mom. She literally gave me everything, you know, mm -hmm. let me spray paint the garage. Let me go to four different universities, always let me, you know, maintain YouTube and do. So she really did let me sort of maybe to the nth degree, mm -hmm. you know, freedom to experience and fail and figure things out yeah. from a young age also, even into my adult life, which is crazy. And I think it's harder to have those, again, we're talking very like broadly yeah. and generically, but when you grow older, those patterns of behavior get harder to sort of like switch and skew to have more open mindset or 100%. to like be more curious because you're in the rigmarole of life and jobs and blah, blah, blah. But um, that's why I think like after high school into college that y those years are kind of really mm. important maybe to, mm -hmm. you know, really man uh, manually take that step to like, oh, let me figure out some new stuff. Let me let me see what the world has to offer, you know, like, again, whatever you want to do. But you know, it's really easy to go to college and then stress about getting a job and then you don't know, you know, what is out there. And again, I don't want to sound like some mage or wizard, but I can only speak about my personal experience, but sure. um, yeah. It's philosophy. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Standing on my hill. <laughs> In the armchair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I could keep going on mm -hmm. this. Uh, it's interesting. It is super interesting because like, yeah. I think that like, like you're saying as an adult, I remember being a kid. I'm curious if you had this experience. I was so excited to grow up. Like mm. I couldn't grow up quick enough. You're nice. You like wanted to be an adult. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, not the adults that I saw around <laughs> yeah. our town, yeah. but like, I just had this idea, however real or unreal it was that when I grow up, that's my freedom. Mm -hmm. And I get to decide yeah. whatever I want to do. And there was so much beauty in that. And I think, I mean, my experience was um, growing up a little more restrictive and thus I rebelled against that. Mm. And I think that's, I mean, parents <laughs> might not like it, but I, I think that's important. Mm. to rebel against that which we feel is constricting our freedom sure and you know i think it's natural totally. i mean whatever system you are in like rebel against the institution <laughs> when you don't have when you don't have the freedom when you don't have like the modularity of life to whatever is constraining you you're going to rebel against that yeah in whatever facet but totally yeah yeah, yeah. and i um what was I saying before that? <laughs> um, like growing up, you wanted to be an adult oh, oh. or like you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that somewhere along the way it becomes really easy. I mean, we get worn into our habits mm -hmm. and such and um, the sort of messaging of getting realistic and practical and all these things that I think takes the fun out of being a, an adult. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think it is. We were talking about Gary Vee mm -hmm. earlier, and I think it was a clip. I'm like not, I don't listen to much of his stuff, but I happened upon 
a clip of his where he was like, fail mm-hmm. in your 20s. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Totally. And I totally feel that. Yeah. That's another like, I mean, these quotes are like so cookie cutter and it's like, <laughs> fail, fail. You don't like, and it seems again, so cliche, all these like self-help kind of like mantras, but it bears so much kind of like rational truth like almost in like a calculated like formula like if you want to do something i don't know we're talking so broadly but like a business or like a passion or like you want to learn a language like you need to do it a lot you need to do it wrong to do Mm -hmm. it right you know like so but yeah so i think those quotes are important but it's whatever gets you to do it you know at the end of the day whatever you know mantra or screaming social media Gary Vee <laughs> person it is but I mean if you internalize that idea it's like a rat and again another rational sort of theory yeah not even to success but to something else you know the doors will open mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rant. yeah yeah <laughs> um all right so art art Sam mm-hmm. what is art Oh, I don't know. I'm like a very not um, like my I feel like I talk about art differently than other artists. Like to me, it's not like super like self-expressionistic. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, this painting is like a manifestation of these experiences in my life. And and that's fine. I'm not ripping on anything. But I'm like very more like an analytical um, craftsman like from an engineering standpoint i feel like i haven't talked about this a lot i mean maybe i have but i I love talking about it like art is like a it's like a visual puzzle and like and like i do express myself and like there's like emotion in it sure but it's just another like it's just another like language or puzzle that i'm trying to improve at and muck around in you know like it's Mm -hmm. it's not as like super like spiritual and like um i don't know like expressive you know i feel like the generic artists especially you know and they're awesome and like people make and they have wonderful things to say and like the job of an artist people say is to like you know define their experience within their time living in the world and that's cool and all that like Mm -hmm. art i'm going down a rabbit hole but like it's the most like broad word ever you know like it's a good question because it's so like into the void impossible to answer but for me like my art practice Mm -hmm. my fine art practice is like very um meticulous and like i said like craft based like i think of myself almost not as a painter but like as a craftsman you know it's Mm -hmm. like a puzzle and the way i paint is very um like not formulaic but like very strategized and prepared and like I'm not just like, we, you know, like it's like very um, thought out. And anyways, that's it to me. And that's my, and I really enjoy that. And there's also different compartments within that. Like there's like the traditional oil painting, which is like really, I give this analogy. Please tell me to shut up anytime. But like, no, like I have like this stuff, which is like more graphic, graffiti based, like yeah. illustrative. I'm really creating the character. Like right. these characters didn't exist before I made them. So right. that's like the creative creativity. <laughs> I'm creating these characters. The oil painting mm. is like 
I'm not creating anything. I'm representing nature. I'm mm -hmm. doing a portrait. The portrait's there. I'm just representing it with these mediums and these pigments mm -hmm. and I'm putting it on the canvas. I'm trying to make the illusion of a three-dimensional form face on this like piece of paper. So that's like a very, and within that world, there's like strategy and technique and there's right and wrong. You know, there really is, which everything is subjective and I would never say there's a right or wrong way to paint, but there's that like history and tradition of right. naturalism. And, and that, I love that because there is sort of this hierarchy of correct and incorrect and you can always improve. And there's sort of like this evidence of getting better. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is like, you can't say that's right or wrong or you can't say that's right. good or bad. It's just that, you know, yeah. and that's fun and awesome. But I love the, the oil painting, which I've been into for the last few years mm -hmm. because of that sort of like, improvement and like leveling up and it's like a language i say it's like just like a language like it would take you probably a while to learn to speak japanese right but if you trained a lot if you worked you would get better and better and better and then eventually especially if you gave it five ten years you would probably be fluent in japanese right mm -hmm. and so it's like that clear of a sort of path to mm -hmm. improvement and yeah. speaking that language and you know you could forever improve and blah 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 but that's like i love that about the the art world but yeah yeah hopefully that was one percent of a question to answer um <laughs> what is art totally. what is art to you i mean okay so what so the background to that question mm -hmm. is my study of philosophy mm. and reading you know tolstoy tolstoy and kant are like the two uh, backgrounds. And I sought out Tolstoy's um, What is Art. Have you read that, by the way? No. I have this great, I couldn't even tell you uh, what decade it's from, but it's like this old, like blue hardcover. I bought it off Thrift Books version of it. And it just looks like one of those books out of like a, 19th century period Love movie it. that they carry around yeah it's great um and yeah so first of all Kant talks about genius mm. and it sounds like from what you're talking about is and I totally respect this and I think that it's really important it's it's I mean democracy in a sense of like equal opportunity to uh access and excel mm. by learning mm -hmm. um instead of you know the natural born genius yeah 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 um which you know i think it exists mm -hmm. for sure but i like you said learn don't underestimate the learned yeah, artist because for sure and it's like the learned is like could be learned through your upraising like yeah. i think um there's totally naturally visually gifted people like a lot of lefties i have this like conspiracy theory that like most of my favorite artists are lefties and they have like the right versus left hemisphere and like they're mm. more maybe visually in tune and that can translate from a young age and you could be like really amazing visually and then you develop drawing skills whatever mm. but like my i think my innate passion is maybe what i'm born with that other people aren't that separates and mm. so like i'm into 
painting or crafts more than other people from a start base. And then that in turn pushes me to learn yeah. with more enthusiasm and motivation to then progress, mm -hmm. you know, so that might be a difference. But like if you drew and painted as much as I did and practiced the exact amount of time in my life, you would be at, I would argue, the exact same level. Like that, that difference, see, that difference, like we're not talking about like bodybuilding or like <laughs> being a basketball player. Like I don't have the physical capabilities of like right. LeBron James. But if we're talking about, again, this idea of like sort of a language, yeah, like yeah. Japanese, well, again, I use that analogy way too much. <laughs> but painting is in, it's an imperfect analogy, but it's in the same vein. I think it's like, anyone can really do it it's just about putting in that work you 100%. know maybe you won't want to and you'll be bogged down or you, you, it won't be fun so it will take you longer it will mm -hmm. be a less enjoyable experience mm -hmm. but if you were like in this situation forced by some higher power to train like you would improve yeah right 100 so, but again it's that's like the small world of oil painting like art is you know again very subjective and I'm, I'm actually curious what like the philosophers say about it because uh, a lot for me is like storytelling like I just like it's yeah. like a visual story and like I don't want to go down a rant again also but like writing or music you know it's just a different um, form of sort of storytelling obviously visual is different than auditory and whatever but it's just I don't know yeah but please I'm curious like what they say like if you were being a master philosopher, what would the they say about what art is? Um, well, what Tolstoy talks about, I think, is really interesting. And what resonates with me about his theory um, is that, and what I think is so fascinating about him, if I'm correct, mm -hmm. from his Wikipedia page. Yes. <laughs> no pressure. Um, I don't think he went to university. Like, mm. I don't think he has any background. Mm. But look at what he did. That's mm -hmm. awesome. I love that stuff. That's, that's I think, really cool. And I mean, to describe Tolstoy is cool. What, yeah. What it, <laughs> right. Um, but so he talks about one of the things. Okay, there's, there's a few pieces. I'll start here. Please. In fashion, and after my internship, I wrote a paper about about my experience and about philosophy and I think what's really interesting about fashion as an art and I speak about it differently and I'm curious how this resonates with you. Mm -hmm. There's the art of fashion and the business of fashion. Mm -hmm. And my theory and what I tend to write about it is that <laughs> I think the business of fashion um, skews the art mm -hmm. um uh perverts it maybe. no that's a good call and um because okay because there's a few reasons one one of the really interesting i don't remember who wrote this but one of the really interesting uh essays i i read on the subject before i wrote my paper was um there's no criticism there's no art criticism in fashion right and what's the only the only criticism is like vogue uh. and i mean now in this day and age i remember when my brother told me this and i was like are you kidding me i didn't even realize that a lot of like articles on and maybe this is just like naivete and wishing mm -hmm. that you know things things were a little more pure than they are like so many articles written uh online i'll speak because this is what he said is like 
people pay you to write about right. their stuff. Totally. And it's like, what is that? Especially yeah. when you're getting into like recommending people things or like writing up about, you know, some interesting new labels that mm. are coming out. It's like, especially, I mean, and then it's like, especially when you get into the VC world and, you know, articles about startups, it's like, where's the equity? Yeah. If, you know, a VC invests in this company and so they automatically have an article in the, uh, Forbes about the company, it's like, what about the other ones? Right. Uh, who may arguably be more interesting to read and learn about. So yeah. I digress. So the fashion piece I think is really interesting when when we talk about the role of critique mm. in art and I think that it's interesting too what you talked about like obviously there's the subjectivity of art but then and you know I I am certainly a purist for it is the fact that like you said there's a hierarchy mm -hmm. to technique yeah. in certain things and so when you get into criticism I think it's valuable, um, but I digressed. Where was I going? No, it, it's true. And it's like, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore, but I love <laughs> it. It's like this ex existential conversation. But like, yeah, the art is like, again, this word. It's like, what, what does that even mean? You know, so like when I talk about my stuff or I'm telling people what my job is, like I'm very kind of like something I think is important also that we kind of lose and it's no one's fault is like, categories and sort of mm -hmm. direct um not definitions but um like direct more direct categories and labels for things like i'm an artist what does that even mean you know like <laughs> yeah. it's nothing it's meaningless and then whatever connotation people have of that word which again is just this blown out concept is just crazy so i say like i'm a videographer like i'm a oil painter a naturalistic oil painter i do portraiture like i also you know so i'm very more specific mm -hmm. about my sort of things and i think that gives a lot more context to mm -hmm. you know the world and what i do if you're just saying you're an artist it's like what yeah. you know like that's cool and any i'm not <laughs> trying to rip on anyone anyone can do whatever they want but it's like i really like context um with everything like even even the um um like very avant-garde art and like mm -hmm. the moma and stuff like that's not really my cup of tea like abstract stuff mm. but just because that's is what it is i can respect artists and people doing anything it's just you know i'm not ordering that at the restaurant but like i like to read about the painting the little blur because it just gives it context you know yeah. and like there's a huge separation i think with artists artist painters or like <laughs> you know even storytellers like writing is very more contextual because it's like a language it's extremely um you know quantifiable because yeah. language is super easy to whatever but like visual artists talking about what they make is super important and like i think mm -hmm. there's a separation with a lot of visual artists with what they mean to make and what they want to portray and what like mm. other people actually think about it and like what they see mm -hmm. you know they're just looking at it you know and like mm -hmm. this is a, another rant but like these paintings like you, you just like look at it right and you're just right. like looking at it you see the character but like as the maker like you're kind of looking at 
I'm looking at like the shapes that I designed and like how they relate to one another. Mm. And so that I'm just saying that interaction artist versus consumer is like a different, it's very different. Yeah. Um, and so that, you know, that leads to kind of a necessity for context perhaps. Mm. And I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, but <laughs> I like to talk about that. I don't know I'm where we started, it. where we began, but um. it's this yerba mate yeah <laughs> which is delicious thank you you're welcome there's something i love these i used to drink like i used to order 12 packs of them and and when i stopped <laughs> drinking coffee mm -hmm. um because when i when i got back from italy i literally would drink like four oh, espressos in yeah. the morning four espressos but the coffee's the different there oh for sure right for yeah. sure um but yeah, I was like, I'm full on addicted and really? anxious oh, crap. all the time. Yeah. I don't even know who I am right. not drinking this. So I switched to your mamata. That's good. How much caffeine is in here? Because I like lot. never drink. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'll buzz my tits off like one quarter down, but it's uh, good. Tastes delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I feel you. And this is why I was so interested to talk to you about this. Um, going back to the philosophers. So my flaw, my fashion tangent mm -hmm. was then to bring in Tolstoy, which I really love this analogy he talks about in the beginning of the essay. We don't eat for taste. Mm. And I'd be so interested to hear what a chef has to say about this. Mm. We don't eat for taste. We might enjoy taste. Mm. But why do we, why do we eat? Because we have to. Exactly. Mm. And so to say that we eat for taste, he says, is, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but like, it's stupid. It's nonsensical. Mm -hmm. um, and so he says in beauty, which is so interesting, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like talking about context. It's like philosophers nitpick this stuff mm -hmm. to like the definition of this word. And we have to start at the definition. Yeah, I and, like it though. Yeah. And so, um, He's like, to say that we make art is for beauty is also nonsensical. Oh, cool. Yeah. Fascinating. And so then he goes into, and it's been a minute since I've read this, but he goes into basically art has a grander purpose in humanity in the betterment of humanity. Mm. I'm paraphrasing. That mm -hmm, might also mm -hmm. be my interpretation. No, I get, I like this. I really, I really like it. I also think, you know, again, context. I think it's so interesting to look at the art, the literature that mm -hmm. Tolstoy wrote and then to hear his philosophy about it and like why and, and the greater um, purpose behind it. And I love how you talk about your art and art in general. And especially I think when speaking of visual art, the storytelling of mm. it because storytelling is human mm -hmm. until the dawn of time yeah exactly and that may that makes sense that's a cool quote like the food is you have to and then art if you make it like so he's saying i'm trying to like yeah yeah chew on this because chew. it's highbrow my brain is churning <laughs> but i like it so like art you don't make art because it's beautiful and that's the same analogy as you don't eat because it tastes good so mm -hmm. that means that art needs to serve some sort of like 
there's like some functionality with art more, right? Like you need to survive, so you eat. So art maybe is like, maybe storytelling, that's like its function, you know? Yeah. Like you're representing humanity, like from the cave paintings all the way, way back when to you're depicting like religious figures. Like I think, you know, people weren't, again, I'm no art historian, I'm far from it. People <laughs> always think I know a lot about like the art world and I don't. So I'm just talking out my ass, but like, again, back way back when or we're talking about like master painters in the 13th 14th 15th century like i don't think people are really making art to just like you know express themselves and make art they're like making art for the church like Mm -hmm. to make money you know it's all like like just a narrow world and like Mm -hmm. so you know kids aren't just picking up crayons at dinner and drawing i don't think but (laughs) slowly as life has gotten easier and like you don't need to survive and blah 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 you you know, make art to express yourself or you do it for all these other reasons. Similarly to food, where like we're so comfortable, we're not looking for our next meal, everything's fine. Now we have the freedom Mm -hmm. and accessibility to eat because it tastes really good, not Mm -hmm. just because we need to survive. Right. I don't know. That was the string I pulled. Maybe 100% a five out of 10 there, but (laughs) way higher. (laughs) Um, Fascinating, though. Yeah, it is. Mm hmm. And I mean, I'm curious how this this sits with you, but like, yeah, I think that necessity piece, this wand. That's uh, Voldemort's wand. <laughs> Sick. Um, one thing I've enjoyed about being at home, mm-hmm. I don't, I never had a TV at school. Nice. Um, but obviously, my parents do, and they have cable, and Harry Potter is on all yeah. the time. Yeah, they run it back a lot. It's wonderful. It really is. It's the books are way better, though. I know. I have to read them. They're really good. And they're, you can crush them. I bet, yeah. Real fast. Nice. Maybe that's what I'll intermingle in my... In your heavy Carl Jung. Yeah. Literally. You need <laughs> a break. Sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you need some mindless... But not even... Okay. Wonder. Do you like Jordan Peterson? Yeah, I do. I listen to all that. Like, I listen to a disgusting amount of podcasts. Okay. Like, I would argue probably I've listened to more podcasts than anyone you've ever met. Like, since 2019. Yeah. Because I just paint all day. And like I said, I had this three years of, like, reclusivity in my studio. And I just rip podcasts all day. Mm -hmm. Anyways. um, I don't know if that's true. But I listen to (laughs) a shitload of podcasts and everything under the sun. But I've listened to a lot of Jordan Peterson, um, Sam Harris, you know. I've seen you watch joe rogan while you paint yeah joe rogan i mean i used to weigh more yeah um but yeah everything i listened to everything have you heard okay so going into this Mm -hmm. have you heard jordan peterson analyze in a jungian sense in this Ooh, beautiful love when this happens this brings us back to what we were talking about with Mm -hmm. um storytelling Mm -hmm. he analyzed have you heard him analyze harry potter (sighs) man i'm trying to think no, but now I want to really bad. Ooh, Maybe mm-hmm. I have and I wasn't listening. But like... <laughs> I feel like you... It would have stood is out. It, is it his own podcast or is he on someone else's or... I think these these are just clips of him teaching. Oh, okay, and cool. And he, he brings... Oh, nice. Like his lectures. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, and there's just solid clips about him him breaking down like the characters and the hero's journey and mm, blah, blah, blah. Love that. Love it. Um, which, okay, so then brings us to storytelling. Mm-hmm which is, I mean, one of the things that I love so much about Jung and what he talks about with storytelling and and that necessity Mm. is um, 
that it teaches us how to it's like a it's like a guide mm. to to live to be great to mm. um navigate certain experiences right. in our lives um i really love that it also kind of goes back to then what we were talking about with films it's like maybe you read harry potter and you're not cognizant of like what's harry telling me to do right. and like what can i learn from him mm -hmm. but it's like it's gonna go into your bones yeah yeah uh you'll absorb it regardless if you're conscious of it or not or, exactly yeah. um and i think that i mean for me that that sort of um necessity is interesting and also by the way we're in sam's podcast studio this is in his his art studio mm -hmm. context and it's also slowly rising in temperature slowly yeah <laughs> <laughs> can you feel it because these lights honestly but we're fine. no okay good i'm normally i run hot okay good well also it's like mediumly cooler today but like when it's like 90 degrees days in the summer oh i feel so bad i did a couple podcasts last summer i felt so bad for the people it'd be like because i don't really like i i don't sweat that much and i don't really mind like i don't really care but people i'm just like i'm sorry yeah i know you're in pants yeah i'm always surprised by people who wear pants yeah i know I, that is kind of crazy we used to take breaks and then rip the ac for a little but it's fine now like we're chilling yeah yeah chilling anyways tangent um but yeah storytelling necessity oh mm -hmm. oh um the the fantasy and mythology that influences your work i think mm -hmm. is so fascinating oh thanks what is behind that um well it's again like i it's a lame answer because that's another <laughs> thing i always get asked which is super interesting like mm -hmm. i have artists that i love and one of the things that you just innately want to know is like why did you paint that like right. what caused that and so what is your inspiration is i guess generically your question behind the <laughs> mythology and it's literally so lame as to just say like i just really am into it you know it's just like what i like mm -hmm. what i like to read about i love the stories like we got greek mythology family tree over here timeline of world history both of those later and it's just like the experience of my life those are the things i'm into I read fantasy. I love fantasy movies. I love a lot of other things also. But with the work, it's just the visual notes I take it from. You know, it's literally that simple. Mm -hmm. But also more as I'm kind of developing, maturing into my work. I um, like this stuff to, again, sort of analyze myself historically. Like this, all the graphic stuff yeah. um, and my tattoos like that, those are all older. Like I haven't really right. done that sort of style in a while mm -hmm. and that was back when i was like doing projects and taking it seriously but like i wasn't really thinking about it. i would just kind of do it you know like it. it would just like happen you could almost think of, of them as like mr potato heads faces like they're all faces right faces are just eyes nose mouth in different silhouettes whatever you know so it's not that like there's not a lot going on it's just a face and cool it's almost like a abstract you know puzzle and mm -hmm. it happens to be a face but there's not much going on now i'm doing more larger compositions with thought behind it before like i was saying like i'm not like self-expression talking about myself in these pieces but yeah. like i'm trying to tell more like there's more narrative in mm -hmm. the paintings i'm now trying to work on like i just did that elf my next painting is sort of that same 
uh, model in like a scene with this like big background and there's sort of this story behind it and I like uh, mythology or like high fantasy because it's like so dramatically epic and all of the you know the contra like good versus evil mm -hmm. you know like all these like super mega things which is like dramatic and like but it's like kind of fun to I don't know, I'm just like a nerd for that stuff. And it's like interesting to read about that yeah. and just to like dive into some like absurd story about whatever and the God, the story about mythology and the gods. It's all ridiculous, but it's like cool. And it's like the fundamentals of like, you know, storytelling. It's like just, mm -hmm. you know, just epic stories of whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not being super clear, but. Um, I'm tracking. Yeah, that's that's just like what I like and. I just do what I like. I know it sounds so like people ask that all the time. Like, why don't you like do commissions or why don't you do? I'm like, I'm mm. so lucky to be in a position where I could just do whatever I want. So like, I don't give a shit. Like, I just want to do this. You know, like right. maybe I can make more money or do other things if I did different styles or make different videos. But like, I just want to like paint elves or like, you know, like I want to yeah. just do exactly what I want. And so yeah. like, I'm lucky enough to do that. So I just, I do that. And I think, you know, I do other things also that aren't exactly what I want. But if you, you know, you're lucky. We're talking about freedom. Like, I'm just so lucky to be in this mm -hmm. position to, like, paint random shit, you know. And it's, again, for me. Like, at right. the end of the day, like, I can make money on it. I want to grow my social media. I want to grow my business. But, like, I just really want to do that. And it makes the work way easier and, may, you know, makes <laughs> keeps me sane because it's just what I want. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I think it's so special and I think especially when you get into the fantasy mythology stuff it's I mean creating visuals mm. from those rich worlds yeah, they're awesome. is really interesting <laughs> it's really interesting people are so creative like it's jaw-dropping like when you read even Harry Potter but like people are so descriptive and like mm -hmm. have so much like ability to like create a world visually with words it's just fascinating yeah and like you can't help but have an imagination when you read about whatever even if it's like the odyssey or like mm -hmm. any if you're reading harry potter like you're giving the you're given the descriptor words right but you still like think about it in your head or like whatever right. so it's just awesome yeah yeah i used to be a hater about books my mom always made me try to get me to read when I was younger. I was like, no, screw that. Same. And then I just kind of found it again for myself. I was like, oh, you know, what? like I like fantasy. Like I like Lord of the Rings. Like maybe I should try another book mm -hmm. like in the same genre. And mm -hmm. like, it was like, oh, this is so awesome. <laughs> it's so special. Yeah. Oh. There's a running joke in my family. Like I literally, my mom used to make me read too. I would pretend to read. I would just sit there and pretend um definitely didn't read all the books in school mm -hmm. um oh god yeah and but yeah i think when i was in high school someone gave me the four agreements have you heard of that mm -hmm. book? totally yeah totally totally that was i was like what yeah this exists yeah and then right that was like that's awesome the philosophy sort of door cool opening. um yeah but um yeah you have like a eureka moment exactly yeah and that's another thing of this is out of nowhere but like as i've grown older mm -hmm. not that i'm old or anything but like <laughs> i've realized 
like really analyzing yourself like what i like mm-hmm. i'm like what do i really like mm-hmm. again back to this like these stories that you're told you're supposed to like this you're supposed to do this and if you like practice i mean journaling helps and whatever talking about whatever but like to really think like what do i actually like doing i like to read about fantasy mm, okay i'm gonna do that more and like instead of like i don't know like partying or doing social yeah. ladder climbing or like other things that are fun <laughs> and enjoyable and like we're trying to crystallize like the human experience here which is <laughs> not possible but like other things like oh i just like to do you know like i've realized what i actually like to do and it's like so nice to kind of surrender to that be like oh you know okay this is what i enjoy you know and i'm still curious about other things and experience but like it's nice to not care at all and just you know because i think a lot of people's um like their experiences are driven by what other people think you know Mm -hmm. like what is gonna behoove you in this situation or what people gonna think about me and to like kind of like look a little past that and not give a shit and other people are really good at that and like you could see them like oh these people are just like so them you know and it seems so enjoyable because they're just like wearing their interests on their sleeves and they're just doing them but like especially i'm trying to relate this to like our upbringing perhaps Mm -hmm. and like it's not that easy you know people don't really do that that much and um and there's a big world out there with different people but like to do that now i'm like oh this is so much more enjoyable you know and i still have like innate anxieties about what people think about me or Mm -hmm. what people think about my art or whatever Mm -hmm. right that will always be there we're just children of this world but um as i'm getting older i'm kind of being like "Mm." you know like oh well i do like that like why didn't i do that before the last three years like i knew i liked it but i didn't really admit it to myself almost Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah yeah for sure and reading is one of those is what i'm saying like really nerdy like whatever shit like that beautiful yeah but that's like that's part of the piece like we've we've oh sorry we've talked about this also which is like following Mm -hmm. those pings be it like the seedling of an idea right into into the curiosity and and also you know taking those risks one thing that i really like um that emerson is talking about in self-reliance which Mm -hmm. i'm reading right now sweet um is like he says and i i love this also from uh walt whitman which we did an episode on on the podcast a conversation on like embracing our contradictions Mm. um from from whitman's you know i contain multitudes do i contradict myself yes i do very well whoa um emerson talks about the same thing he's like contradict yourself Mm. Say exactly what you want to say today. Mm-hmm. And if tomorrow you say exactly what you want to say and they're different, so be it. Beautiful. Right. Cool. I like that. Don't worry about, you know, tomorrow when I do that, is Sam going to, you know, no, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mean mm-hmm. what you say and what you do. And I think that there's so much value in, in, in hearing that in our, our context today. Um and I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like also I have this like weird like nervousness about like 
being older and not and like looking back and being filled with like regret like an old man filled with regret that's like a quote from i think inception but like Mm. like you know like i'm scared that like i'm gonna be older and like feel like oh i should have tried that or like you know and that's like kind of again you can only really retrospectively look back and you can always kind of be like oh i could have done this more or i could have blah 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 but sort of just like living really you know true to myself so that like it's worth my time and i'm not just like trying to line my ducks up in a row to do something i think i want in the future i don't know again we're like different situations in life not everyone can like be so yeah you know lackadaisical and (laughs) right bounce around and do stuff like i'm lucky that i was able to try a bunch of things and that's not super realistic for everyone in the world but that mindset of kind of like oh like i think i'm i won't be regretting you know my youthful years or i don't know like that's like something i think about and scary and again you could always you know maybe i probably will be like 50 or 60 or whatever i um, croak over my last (laughs) days and be like oh i should have done that more you know it's pretty um i feel like that's a rational thing but um yeah to kind of like lead your life like that and i don't know like i'm no motivational speaker and like i'm just like a moron who like loves to paint but that's like something internally that like i get nervous about and so Mm -hmm. that drives but that's also like a pretty toxic thing to think about you know to be like oh i gotta be always doing you know that's like a very inversely present way to think i think also which Mm. something is not great you know to always be like analyzing if i'm leading an authentic life or like you know it's not as serious and doom and gloom but i think that there's so much value in that Mm -hmm. perspective and i think it's interesting that you talk about like it it being an antithesis of presence Mm -hmm. because i think it can also really fuel presence um you know as cliche you said it earlier when we were talking but like as cliche as yolo is (laughs) there's so much truth in it like i love it it it, yeah and it's like why did we stop talking about that i know where did yolo because because like oh i'm gonna you know take a random pill at a concert yolo it like got that connotation (laughs) i feel like maybe that's a little graphic and explicit but like i always say that if it was like some like buddhist monk who like came up with that acronym it would be like you know <laughs> well studied and you know regarded but it was like yolo like yeah let's jump off this bridge yolo or like whatever right but it's so valid true you only live exactly. once exactly yeah i think the fear of regret for as much as i mean it's like <clears throat> everything right for as much as it can be a hindrance and as you said like the balance between okay when i sit in my bed at night like am i good with who i am right and like exactly. what i'm doing totally or should i be doing more mm-hmm. like when i have experiences i had this experience the other day what was i doing i was having a conversation with someone mm, i was having a conversation with someone that was um checking me out at the grocery store and i just like walked away and i was like i wish i asked her more questions mm. Like she was wearing a cool flannel. And so we started talking about that. And then she was like, she was wearing pants too. So we were talking about this thing. And um, Pants in the summer? 
and flannel in the summer. Mm. And so we were talking about it. I was like, that's so interesting. Mm. And then she was saying that she had been living in Hawaii before and like also was wearing pants in the summer there. And I was like, I walked away and I was like, I wish I asked her why. Mm. What what was she doing in Hawaii? Why was she there? Mm. What, you know, all these other things. And it's just like, I don't have to beat myself up. But it's like, okay, that was a productive, bad word. It was a productive conversation with myself where it's like learning, learning in the moment. I hear you. So, you know, having that sense of like, you know, mortality Mm. that allows us to, I think, live more fully. Yeah. It's also, you know, part of reself, why it exists cool I, I agree totally and i i i totally believe in all that it's just like pr- the idea of presence and being present is another one of those terms that gets thrown around like mm-hmm. toast on butter it's like what does that really mean and like i get it but it's like another one it's like the art conversation it's like how do you actually be present everyone talks about it everyone and their sisters mother's brother and there's techniques and people you know mm-hmm. you just throw this word around like oh i'm not present or this person's really present but like what you know, I think it's all just a, you know, peaks and valleys of going in and out and like, totally. and like, I was really into that when I was, um, like I said, when I was kind of like going my gap semester and then I went to like this really like forward progressive, um, contemplative school in Europa and like, you know, you can major in mindfulness there and, mm-hmm. and like get a degree, which is kind of so crazy to think about, but it's so, I don't think it's inaccessible, but it's very hard and like un you know yeah and like there's no real path not that everything should have you know a checkout line but it's hard and i think a lot of people especially in recent decades have like really made it accessible like Thich Nhat Hanh and like all these people that talk about it or like meditation or or even not as spiritual as that like just being more aware and self-aware and like not trying to future trip or blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. But it is still like, I struggle with it so much because like I'm such like a crackhead in my day-to-day life, like with this whole place and managing and Mm -hmm. trying to schedule out my life. And like, I'm very like, and a lot of times I'm not present or I'm like very, I'm like too deep into projects. Like I go from like weeks of like working on a project and like, it's all I think about. Like I'm so in it, like laser focus, like you wouldn't believe. Right. And then I get out of it and like, I look back, I'm like, oh my God, I don't even remember that week. Like I wasn't living very presently. But also one could argue, and I was going to ask you this, is like, perhaps that's the ultimate presence. Right. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, if we're trying to define that term (laughs) for sure. But I get, you know, it's like very confusing, you know, it's like a a very confusing, um, um, like whole theology the presence thing you know for me at least i don't know i get very like nihilistic about it Mm. like oh what is this am i doing this like do i need to be this or i compare myself to other people and like because like a lot of my life i think i'm like very future tripping not in like a future but like trying to organize or like what's the next video especially in this sort of pocket of like social media it's like next what's next what's next what's next blah 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 can't enjoy like i can't even enjoy like this is my dream right like i'm sitting in my dream i've dreamt about this i'm so lucky to have this but i don't walk in here every day and be like oh this is my dream like how lucky am i you know Mm -hmm. because it's my life now right you just 
uh, adapt and you, uh, you, you, you reach that level and now it's just, you have to work, you have to do all the things right. that it takes to make it. So you're not always like, right. so it's a weird thing. It's like the same thing with money. Like if you got a million dollars and then you're a millionaire, like then that's your life and then you want more. Like right. there's always this other thing. And like, obviously the, it's good to practice and take a step back you know third person be like whoa look at all like i'm so lucky like mm -hmm. it's so great but then you can you know a yeah. minute later or five minutes later you're just back to working and it's right. just normal so it's like right. how to balance that exactly. and like gary v again to bring is always like you just like gotta cultivate like gratitude and like <laughs> you know he talks about like your 400 trillion one odds to becoming a human like with mm. the sperms and becoming yeah, yeah. and it's like okay that's great but like i can't do that every waking moment of my life totally you know what i mean totally it's funny that you bring up presence because okay so one thing that other than the workshops that i run with reself is um this sort of in between between our conversations on the podcast and in that deep engagement of mm -hmm. engaging with material is um it's called recalibrate and it's a mm. monthly thing and our the uh, theme this month is presence nice and so that's cool i like the branding of that thanks man <laughs> um but exactly what you said it's like what and that's like the whole concept behind reself is like what's the application mm -hmm, here mm -hmm. how does this look in my day-to-day -day life mm. so it's like one thing i mean I think for me, I always find when I think about exactly what you said, which is like, what are the odds the universe exists? Right. What are the odds that I came into existence? Mm. What are the odds that I was born into the United States? That I was born into the life I have? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Cool. Use that. Mm -hmm. I love thinking about that. And it's, you know, it's as simple as like, what if in the mornings when you got to work, you just sat for a minute and like guided your mind to be like remember when i dreamed about this mm -hmm. and here i am yeah and then start your day right it's like the little things that we can do taking that active role mm -hmm. in making concepts into like our actual mm. way of being it's like again gratitude why you know um someone told me to make a gratitude list mm. okay okay i can do that i right. can sit here i'm grateful for whatever but mm. it's like eventually and this is i love this analogy in meditation i'll say this after eventually and that, this was my experience when i started making gratitudes li gratitude lists honestly when i was a kid i really wasn't that grateful mm. i like had a negative view of it was just like okay these are the things that are wrong in mm. my life and then when I was introduced to gratitude and I started doing a gratitude list, I watched how it just became my lens. Mm. It was like, okay, I'm having this moment. I'm walking outside. I see, you know, the way the light hits the tree. Mm. I'm this feeling mm. we could label gratitude, but that's probably what I'm going to write about when I go home. So now it's like I'm looking at my life through this lens of like, what's the beauty that's all around me what's the magic one thing that i love we've talked about it on in our conversations here is signs mm. and like synchronicities mm -hmm, mm -hmm. going into young but it's it's i mean i had it today where i was walking through the train and it was a book that someone read and then 
another book someone was carrying and then a poster and an advertisement. And it's like all these ways mm -hmm. we can look at the world speaking to us. Right. And, you know, uh, we can look at it negatively and we could say oh, it's just coincidence. It's just mm -hmm. our brain wired mm -hmm. to like look for these things. Mm -hmm. But it's also like, what if it's not? Yeah. I want to live in the world where it's not. Right. And it's just everything is talking to us and working for us. And whether that's real or not, I think it comes down to how does this change my daily actions? Yeah. How is how can I take it into a, a tangible tool to right. you know, manifest awareness or blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. And it's like it's it's I really think that regardless of i mean whatever we can we can ask like the super big questions about like why what's it all for mm. la 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 but my actions and i we talk about this in in our mindset workshop it's like i can equally project negativity onto the unknown but the reality is the unknown is completely unknown uh -huh. and um if i project optimism positivity i cultivate that like a language i learn it my actions are going to reflect that i'm going to take those actions that are in alignment with that optimism versus like i can never be a good enough artist right. as like this person so like oh, i shouldn't even try yeah yeah and it's just that's i think what changes our lives it's not you know some big to do um that you're exactly right and i totally believe that and i'm not even like a very you know, I was saying I went to these Buddhist universities. I'm not, I don't really believe in all that super hard, like a, like a, like a cult follower or some zealot, but like that is like very rational mm -hmm. to me, like yeah. changing your attitude and how that would physically and tangibly change like the course of your experiences. But again, it's such a hard thing to talk about and then to put into practice. So like, how do you make totally. that accessible? And like you said, um, approachable in your daily life, like what are the techniques? I don't know. Of course, a million people have their ideas, but I think there's a million different ways. It's just how individually you figure that out. Exactly. But it's a really hard place to like approach. Totally. I think. Totally. I don't know. That's like your life now, I guess, with your thing. So I'm yeah, sure you have a bunch of good things to say about it. But for me personally, like hear about it so much. You hear about it, especially right. in my life and sort of like the Eastern philosophy world yeah. for like a, a year or two. I'm like, well, I get it. And it, like, I agree. But like how, you know, we're just talking, you know, this is exactly. all a bunch of just fodder. Exactly. Yeah. That's why i made resell mm. like i studied philosophy like i said when i was 12 i learned about buddhism in our world explorations class nice and it was like a eyewitness eyewitness <laughs> <laughs> no no yeah. it was like a paragraph but i there was something in it that i was like that mm. yeah. and for me i mean it's why resell is called resell it's like the self is the solution mm. and i think that that is freedom and liberation mm. in and of itself because it's like it depends on no one else and everyone can unlock that within them um so i studied philosophy for the sole selfish purpose of what does everyone have to say mm -hmm. about life and virtue and right. whatever whatever cool. and like sure i cared about my grades and stuff but like not really mm -hmm. i just wanted to figure out how do I apply this? So everything I read was in the view of application. Mm -mm -mm. I don't think that that's how a lot of people were reading it. Right. And um, that's why I created Reself because I think that, you know, it's really funny. 
it was funny what we were talking about before where you were like talking about you know different paths that you had in front of you and um do you go to this atelier do you study Mm -hmm. it'll always be there kind of thing Mm -hmm. like studying philosophy i was like i'll probably just get my phd like that's a solid path (laughs) don't know what else Uh um and i applied also after i graduated i started the application process and what i wrote about was essentially like what i'm you know living and my professors i mean bless them they were just trying to help me Mm -hmm. but they were like lydia you can't say, you know, philosophy is a way of life. Yeah. Like, that's not going to get you in. Uh-huh. And they don't, don't mention Jung. <laughs> they don't want to hear about, like, your interest in quantum physics and mm-hmm. its intersection. You're not a quantum physicist. Sweet. That's so, so like, cool. shh. Yeah. Talk about what issues in Plato mm. you want to discuss. Mm. <laughs> like, this ain't it. Yeah. Um, That's what I think is missing. It's like, we talk about all these things, but they have real, 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 real world application. And, mm-hmm. and um, that's what I would love to see philosophy have a comeback in. Totally. It's like, why? That's cool. It's so hard. Kudos yeah. to you. Thanks, man. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is just an ongoing practice, but it's it's hard. Yeah. That's I mean, but that's, you know, I really think it has a... Uh, a place in our lives i mean whether i just end up putting my children through this or like <laughs> other people's children yeah i would love to have my own private school and mm. just like experiment with an alternative method to education because at the end of the day it's like and i think this is really re- important to remember and it's been super helpful in my life it's like everything is just an experiment yeah for sure and like just because it's the solid mm-hmm. way of the world Someone came up with this. Totally. Not even that long ago. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you know, where where do these things have a place in our lives and how can we use them and, and tweak what's what exists to make it better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tangent. Tangent. Love it, though. Very um, fascinating. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so fascinating. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I don't think everyone like really has these thoughts. It's like some people do, but like, you know, it's kind of like I sometimes get jealous of people like the ignorance is bliss thing. Like I know a bunch of my friends and this is not like a dig on anyone of intellectuality or anything. But some people like just don't really think about all that stuff or like worry. Like I'm a big worrier, mm. I like future trip and whatever mm-hmm. from my life. And maybe again, not to crystallize how like aware I am, but sometimes, you know, being so aware can be a negative and like, you you know, you're constantly comparing and you know you're too kind of in your head that's i think something i struggle with and i think that benefits me with art and i can get really imaginative and introspective and creative but sometimes it's like a a negative and like i know some people who are just like you know they're kind of just like like you know running through life ignorance is bliss you know that's like a cliche or like a saying um, and that's sometimes I sometimes idolize that. Yeah. Because it's they're just like you know walking through life. They're not really worried. They're they're almost like they can't be anything but like super present. You mm. know, ignorantly almost. I don't know mm-hmm. if you get what I'm saying. If oh, I'm, I get it. And it's like I'm like oh, I mean, I like how I am, and my brain works for the better or worse. But <laughs> I see some people who are like just like futzing around, and I'm like oh, that seems nice grass is always greener yeah no and like again i'm not saying like i'm so 
smart and aware and <laughs> but like I, i'm not but i'm saying like my brain versus other people's yeah. brain very loose comparison here it's like oh wow you know so For it's sure. interesting that like i think that perhaps is a reason why like all these things that i think a lot of people would agree with are important and mm -hmm. really important like oh we should perhaps find a more applicable way to achieve these things that like it's not at the forefront of everyone because everyone you know isn't perhaps searching for these philosophical answers or or things you know what i mean 100 percent, and yeah. that's why like that's why when i talk about authenticity and why i think authenticity is so important and you know one of the things that we say is that you know what i do my self evolution is also the cell the evolution of humanity mm. and that's kind of like adapted from the kantian perspective of uh the categorical imperative which is essentially like act as if what you do would be done by all mm, wow and so that's heavy it is i mean but it's also like treat other people yeah, yeah no, that was just what i was thinking it's a very like, eloquent oh, way of saying exactly that. exactly but i think there's there's so much truth in it and like you know your background in, in eastern philosophy and buddhist philosophy is like also my curiosity is you know that's been my personal passion so it's like how do we intersect these mm. things and mm. like i think the intersections like quantum physics it's like the intersections of these things is where the fertile grounds are mm. and like having these interdisciplinary conversations um but you know it's like authenticity living my if we ascribe to the idea i mean it goes back to like what are the bajillion to one odds that i came here mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay you know we can say that's meaningless or we can say it's it's there's something to that right but um if we look at it from the lens of like continuation since the big bang has always been mm. it's that's to me that's what oneness is mm. it's like we're all from that same force we are the big bang continuing totally, yeah and so when we put it into that bigger context of like what does my lydianess mm. have to contribute to the evolution of humanity which seems like a huge thing mm -hmm. but we talked about this on our last our conversation the other week it's like if it's so much as i am a barista yeah and that's my passion mm -hmm. and i love to make people coffee and smiles mm -hmm. that's it boom done mm -hmm. it's not like a big thing but the 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 piece of looping back to young it's like fulfilling the way that is me is the beauty of the contribution that I can make in whatever mm. size it doesn't matter. That's cool. But it's like the paintings that you make contribute something because they come from that place in you that is creating for you. And mm. I don't know how much you like or know Rick Rubin. Um, he was in the Beastie Boys. He's a music producer. Oh, yeah. Is He's he the, the, with the beard, Yeah, yeah, the producer. Barefoot. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He did like Jay-Z's albums or some of them. Yeah, he also um, a lot, I think. He um 
He just did something on Hulu. It's like a six-part series with Paul McCartney. Just like okay, yeah, I have. Did yeah. you see that? No, I saw the commercials. Okay. I am familiar. He's all over the internet, or like he has some good podcasts. He's a cool guy. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, he talks about like just creating for yourself. Like mm. your job is to create, and that's it. Like everything that comes after that is not part of your or like one's responsibility. Right. It's just it goes to the ether. Right. Right. That's cool. Yeah, you said that nicely. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot to think about. <laughs> I don't really think about that that much. I mean, but I agree with what you said. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, it's not, that's not at the forefront of my mind right. often. But, and it doesn't have to right. be. That's like, yeah. that's the beautiful thing is like, if this is all I think about, <laughs> then like, cool. Yeah, no. I should talk about it. No, right. And like, I should think about it for everyone else. Mm. Not that I'm saying that, like, my thoughts are, are yeah, we know what I mean. Of course, of course. But it's like, do something mm-hmm. with it and trust in the fact that there is something there that I have to contribute. Yeah. And it's, it's like, the beautiful thing with Reself is, like, I've done all the background work. Mm. I put in those hours, so to speak, and in, in the reading and the learning and the applying and the la la la. Mm-hmm. So it's like, jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Take the breakdown, run with it. Look at how it applies in your life. Like everything follows this process of relearn, which I say that because I think that at a part of it, we have an innate idea mm. about the things that we talk about. And it's, it's, sometimes awakened or sometimes remembered or none of the above and we're just learning it for the first time then it's reflecting and like being guided to ask questions of ourselves like what does this look presence when am i not present Mm -hmm. i mean i say this example all the time it's like maybe when i'm scrolling on my phone for hours and Mm -hmm. hours okay cool it happens to the best of us oh yeah but it's like the awareness is the first piece of it being aware of that and then it's what what are the things that make me feel when do i feel present for me conversations Mm. like that's why i started the podcast and that's you know the the idea of the podcast is that conversations help us the exchange of ideas yeah you know and so I agree. I black like, I black out most of the time. Totally. When I have these conversations. Yeah. Well, because you're also you have to work, you have to navigate, like you have a job, so to speak, as like the arbiter of the conversation. But I, I don't even like see. This is what I'm oh. curious with your art. It's yeah. like, all of that goes away. Oh yeah. And it's just like, whatever I have to to say, whatever thoughts I've formulated prior to that I wish to communicate, mm-hmm. and then everything that comes up from it like one the conversation that's going to be in between this will be an interesting one it's you know sometimes i i have solid thoughts that i come to these conversations Mm -hmm. with philosophies examples other times it just like spews right from the void totally out and i think that there's something really cool about that and um the conversation that comes before this is I think that there's a um, 
cultural revolution that's mm. happening right now. I think that we're seeing the very beginning of it. I think that it can be something of an enlightenment and a renaissance. Oh, cool. And I think we see pieces of it. And I think for a lot of people, it may be too early. And there's a lot of doom and gloom going on yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But it's like that's the fertile ground mm. for change. Totally. And I also think that we see patterns picking up in a in a less counterculture um, way of the 60s and 70s. And I see, I think, you know, we can look at them and see how they've just kind of become normalized. Mm. And it's not necessarily a rebellion. And it may not even be that big of a to-do. But I think, I mean, we can speak about like psychedelics. Mm-hmm. I think that's a prime example of like, this is something that's being integrated into our society. Yeah. And, um, you know for better or for worse science had to say yes yeah this is okay totally um i don't know yeah but it's like that just was me laying in the sun and like letting the thoughts go and Mm -hmm. and just yeah it's interesting totally yeah yeah that's a lot (laughs) that's awesome yeah being present like i think conversations like this but also I always think about not that I work out often, but like exercise. Mm. I feel like I'm very present because totally. you have nothing to think about other than like yeah. if you're running, you're like, oh, I can't trip or blah, blah, blah. You're like kind of very in the moment or mm-hmm. your heart rate is up. And like, I really believe that, yeah. but I don't work out often, you know, so it's like one of those like <laughs> right <laughs> things I just agree with and know and then I don't like put into practice. I mean, I do here and there, but right. I think like a, a physical um practice yeah exercise practice is super important for your mental health 100 percent. and i say that and i don't do it that much which is so classic but But you have the awareness piece yeah and i believe it like i do whatever for whatever reason without much evidence but it's i mean i think the evidence what's the saying i don't know uh the evidence is is the feeling Mm. that you have the experience of the presence someone brought that up in our live group when we were talking about this i asked before we even talked about you know my sort of little real world applications of like what is presence how do we how do we apply it and integrate it someone brought that up it was like they said when i'm moving Mm -hmm. in any way like that's when i feel present i was like i didn't even think about that right cool totally yeah i see how that applies in my life and like that's where you know this idea of like it's so funny like that's where the the idea of like embodiment and somatics and like people hear that and they're like what even is that yeah (laughs) these labels these categories you know i don't really you know obviously they matter Mm. but it it reminds me of like in one of my in my ancient philosophy class and i totally didn't mean this way and like in retrospect i get how it came across this way we're having a conversation one of the young women in my class was presenting about something about plato and like Socrates and the question was like did Socrates even exist or did Plato make him up and so like my first question was does this even matter yeah because behind that question and I didn't elaborate behind that question was why does it matter yeah like why does it matter you know obviously it's like the interest of it but it's like isn't it just the words? Yeah, Isn't the ideas. Isn't it just the ideas? Exactly. The person doesn't almost matter. So it's like, I think, you know, especially culturally, and this is something that I'm just learning how, how you know, 
so especially like Eastern philosophies, how do they actually integrate into our Western culture when we have no context around them? Mm. It's like, saying it in the way that resonates in the country, in yeah. the context is so important. Mm -hmm. So it's like, the average person on the street, when you say somatics to them, probably doesn't matter. Totally. But if you give the workout example, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I yeah. felt that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're now you're going to just easily explain to me that that's all it is. It's like the presence in our bodies right. and like using our sensations to tune into the world. And like that's, you know, it doesn't have to be a big to do. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think you just have to like transcribe those ideas into any way that resonates with people. Exactly. And so that's like inefficient because everyone perhaps will digest it differently. But right. Yeah, you have to almost like dumb it down. Somatics. Right. I've never heard of that. Neither. <laughs> when did I hear that? I don't about know that, but yeah, it's a good, nice, big word. It is. <laughs> um, I had a somatic therapist on the podcast in like That's cool. the early days. It was super interesting. I like didn't have much of a background about it, except I my therapist is a she has some background in somatics. Um, and like the interesting link between it, and we're so digressing here. But the interesting link between it is like, so my therapist is also informed by polyvagal. And it's like, okay, those two things, what the fuck, what does this oh, even yeah. mean? Polyvagal is essentially like the theory that the vagus nerve in our body, which connects our mind and our gut and all these things, it's like the flight or fight or flight instinct. Mm. And there's like, she's explained it to me as a ladder. It's like, we can go into the bottom sort of experience, which is um, shutting down um sort of uh i just forgot this word the other day when you disassociation mm. shutting down then it's like fight flight um in the middle which is like where most of us live and then the top is like connective mm. so our body has all these sensations whether it's like language we're hearing from someone or like bodily cues or whatever triggers mm -hmm. right will move us up and down the ladder and why does any of that matter at the mm -hmm. end of the day it's like that awareness in the most functional easily digestible actionable way is like okay when am i on edge like right. when is it when do i get fighty mm -hmm. when do i get flighty when do i freeze and right. disassociate and when do I feel playful and connected, which is that top state? And like then those higher functionings of the brain, um, which is like planning our futures mm -hmm. and um, creativity and stuff. All of it is to say that just having some sort of context and language. Like a map. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And we all don't have to be experts in it. Yeah. But just like the introduction of these things into our lives can be so empowering and it's like on the individual level but then it's also on the collective level of mm -hmm. like if we're gonna get philosophical with it and we're gonna like look at you know society is man-made all mm -hmm. of this stuff is like agreements that we've made with each other mm -hmm. so then what where does it go how do we make it better what's um what's next yeah and for me like i don't think mars is next really 
I don't like maybe one day. Yeah. Cool for sure. But I, you know, I really joke about it, but it's like, we're going to go there and we're going to have the same exact problems that we have here. Probably. Because we never dealt with ourselves. Yeah. In, in the Buddhist sense of right. like the internally caused suffering. Right. Um, so. Yeah. I want to go to Mars. Do you? Yeah, I love. Would you? Yeah, I would do it. If there was a some agreement where you could go to Mars and survive, but you couldn't make it back, I would still go because mm. that'd be pretty epic. I lo- I'm a huge space nerd. Yeah, I love it. I do too, but I think I. Have, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, I think I have a fear of it. But I don't think like that's the like the agenda. I don't think Mars. I mean, there's a million agendas, but I think it's just like <laughs> another explorative, you know, technological um keystone you know for sure and like it yeah for sure i mean going to mars will be the same as we are here but right yeah and i guess that could be scary but it's yeah i just think like when you get into the world of like aliens and advanced civilizations (laughs) and like these ideas it's like you know what do we know no we don't know shit you saw those new photos from the james webb telescope yeah that will make you feel very small and insignificant right fucking crazy and i love that and i love i um i have to show you this because i actually was thinking about this the other day um a painting that i did in the beginning of covid was like a combination of of an image from hubble and um albert einstein's face when he's like whoa (laughs) and i just love like I mean, the context behind that and everything, but the way I did his face Mm -hmm. was, this was like before I deep dove into your work, but Caroline and I, Sam's sister had, we definitely talked about it and I had peeped some of your stuff Nice. and like the stenciling Mm -mm. was like, that was like, it clicked. I was like, that's how I can do it. Yeah. Stenciling is awesome. But I think that's like. I love Einstein. Mm-hmm. I think there's so when we think about someone who's like a genius, yeah, and we look at what he said and like his ideas about, you know, imagination and uh, you know, even a genius like everyone sort of has that. But if you ask fish to climb a ladder, kind of thing, yeah, 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 and, yeah. and all these things, it's like I I think that those people there's so much more to to learn from them and integrate what they have to say and um yeah no i just i don't know i don't know if we're ready to go to mars yeah well yeah i think it'll be probably a while but in our lifetime i hope have you heard the have you seen the show the 100 yeah my friends and i got really into that in school Mm -hmm. and i think that that's like permanently etched into my brain about like yeah i really hope that doesn't happen yeah i mean i don't know there's gonna be i mean there's already every country already now has like a space force like a new branch of their government because like that's the next frontier of you know environment to conquer and geopolitics and it all is part of that but like that's just like a again like that's just like a societal anecdote i mean right which is just that's what the world is now so but it's also like space is good for the um collaborative effort of mm-hmm. like countries like you know like it's very like non-partisan or bipartisan yeah. or you know it's like very like non-political yeah it's which is awesome and it's just like that's why science is awesome because it's again mm-hmm. there's no subjectivity 
right. in science, which is awesome. You know, like that's like, it's funny because like my life, like I was into that Buddhist stuff for a lot and I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And I still have it with me, but also like I am really into like science and like how that is almost not a religion, but like that idea, like science is science. It's like yes or yes. no. And like every, the scientific method is established to you know wean the literal truth right and neil degrasse tyson talks about that awesomely Mm. but there's Mm. all like you said like quantum physics and all of this other philosophical stuff like there's a lot that can be linked with it and um it's very cool and there's some great quote i'm not gonna be able to remember that neil degrasse tyson talks about like the fabric of stardust is in us and like that's mm-hmm. like that's like a religious experience but it's also like yeah completely non-religious yeah it's like the most scientific physical truth also exactly. so it's like pretty cool like that yeah um i don't I know where i was going with that i love that but that's like for me and i'm learning more and more to like break these things down and explain them like that's the intersection of spirituality in in not the sense of like spirituality as its own sort of religion but like the spiritual experience mm-hmm. of being human mm. that's like the interrelationship with science that it has is like it's what einstein talks about it's like there's something there yeah that these discoveries these certainties so to speak are are saying and it's you know it's like the feeling of when I sit with the fact and I really engage with like the bajillion to one odds that I'm here Mm -hmm. that makes me feel some type of way yeah you know totally um and I think that we get so stuck in like the categories and the labels and the politicalization and everything but um the underworkings are all the same do you listen to Sam Harris I don't really do you know him I do know of him I feel like you'd be into him because he's he's like a neuro scientist whatever brain Mm -hmm. but also like (laughs) like a philosopher he's so well-spoken yeah I mean it's very fascinating I don't know if I agree with everything but I feel like he talks about all that and he says it so eloquently like Mm. all that stuff and he's big into meditation but also he's like a thoroughbred scientist neurologist yeah fascinating stuff I love that. Like, that's the example to me of like, and this is what I was going to say about meditation earlier and what I say about it all the time. It's like, it can be a spiritual thing in the Mm -hmm. way that prayer is meditative and it's a spiritual thing. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, what we're practicing in meditation is out of context, dare I say, presence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and awareness. Yeah, yeah. And it's, why Mm -hmm. so that in context in our daily lives we have that equanimity that presence that awareness that helps us navigate and suffer just a little bit less yeah Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to belong to a tradition in the sense that not that we shouldn't give reverence to where things come from Mm -hmm. but it's like anyone can do it and whatever prevents me from seeing myself as being able to participate i think is is the next hurdle of like wellness as a broad category because 
wellness. I mean, everyone deserves and has a birthright to be well. Mm -hmm. So how do we make that accessible and, and um, relatable? Right. Wow. <laughs> Some highbrow stuff. Welcome to my brain. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's also we're in like a, you know, epic conversation. It comes out. It's fun to talk like that. It's like fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. But um, switching back to art. We've talked about, you know, filmmaking, videography, mm -hmm. videography. Um, do you have favorite directors? Do you have favorite? And okay, this actually, maybe let's start here. Mm -hmm. Do you ever see yourself getting into that world? I know you've done a documentary, at least mm -hmm. one, mm -hmm. two that I've seen. Mm -hmm. What are you, where, where do you see that going? Great question. And I do. I love it a lot. I really love it. And like, I sometimes love it way more than painting, you know, like painting is like this weird relationship where like, I love it. And like, I've put a lot of energy and time into developing my skills and like identifying with it as a person. Mm. But like the videography and like storytelling through a camera is like, it just keeps you know peaking my interest it continually like i'm continually into it i've never not like i've never gone through phases of like being in it what should i do with painting and so yeah i think like i don't know like i don't know if i ever will but i would love to like direct movies or like mm. short films or like write i think I, I think maybe in the next few years i do want to start writing mm -hmm. whether it is like narrative things for my paintings like something this is kind of G14 classified, but I'm working on like a painting series and to have like um, short stories to go along with them. Yeah. And I kind of did that uh, uh, like one of my big projects a while ago was like these murals in Westport. Maybe mm -hmm. you saw that project, but yeah, maybe not. It. Where it was like a short story to go along with an image. And I mm -hmm. like that. Um, but I would love to. I mean, again, I'm not a. I'm not like a director for movies or not even close to that scale but if you think about like my discography of videos i've made like 300 youtube videos yeah. a lot of them having like you know some sort of narrative of yeah. beginning whether you want to call it like a three act mm -hmm. sort of situation not really but i also have right. all of that experience of making videos again right. like there's a difference between like thinking about things and then actually doing it you know i've done a lot um but to do this sort of short film um, realm I would love to dive into that I don't know yet though because yeah. it's hard that's like a really hard career to get into like directing and like right. making movies it's like super, you just need fucking lots of money and like to eat shit and like probably not make something great but like it's yeah. I love it I love movies like I'm obsessed with movies I'm obsessed yeah. with tv shows more movies but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um have you heard about Francis Ford Coppola's um, I don't know how deeply he's involved or if this is like his thing or his family businesses slash production companies thing. Um, it's called Decentralized Pictures. Mm. And it's... I haven't heard. Blockchain something or other. Oh, cool. Democratization of the funding. Of, okay, I have heard of things along those right. lines. Maybe not that one, but that's awesome. Right? Where people are like crowdfunding with yeah. sort of like crypto and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to interrupt. No. But that's I'm about that. Right. That's I think awesome. it's really cool. I think that's gonna be a future. One hundred percent. Yeah. I was um I was having this conversation with my brother about, 
you know, for a while I really thought, and obviously to my knowledge, we've kind of seen a shift in it, but I thought that like perhaps Netflix and like Hulu and those things could have been the democratization mm. of, of creation and production and, and getting projects out there and funded. Um, but, you know, with budget and everything of those companies, I think that's kind of slowed down. I also think that, you know, other other people perhaps we could say in in the industry have been able to like tap that yeah and, and uh perhaps it's not as decentralized so to speak as it could have been or can be mm-hmm. um i think that's really cool and i think yeah. that and i think it's really cool that someone like him is uh involved in that and, yeah. and keeping that that spirit of you know, everyone has something to contribute. Totally, yeah. And it stinks when things are really hard to exactly. do, like uh-huh. accessibility of things. And it's true. But that's also why YouTube's great because, like, YouTube right. is, like, super legit now in terms of, like, ha- having regarding as like professionalism because like one of the things that struggled i struggled with in in the beginning is Mm. with my youtube career is like i want to be taken seriously as like a fine artist right and when you tell people you make youtube videos you're like oh yeah you're Mm. what like what are you doing you're a social media person so in the beginning it was kind of i think there was that turbulent sort of idea completely like that viewpoint and maybe Mm -hmm. even still now but it's way more accepted now and like yeah. there's full-on huge production companies and making amazing short films or anyone artists storytellers that you know are on youtube and so like that's like i feel like youtube is sort of the first branch of like the decentralization of like totally you could get a shitload of eyeballs on mm-hmm. whatever you want to put out produced or not you don't have to go through production houses or networks and right. that's really awesome and i totally love that and that's why I'm YouTube forever, baby. But <laughs> like, it's still like, I mean, you're never going to be able to make a blockbuster movie without hundreds of millions of dollars. That's never going to change. And right. that's great. And I think that space should always be there because right. I love it. Who doesn't? It's the pinnacle of mm-hmm. whatever that world is. Mm-hmm. And there always should be that pinnacle. They're always going to be bigger, better. They're going to push it. But the smaller trickle down, more of that is only going to be pushed more in the future. Like, small indie films or small indie production companies being able to be more modular and super like run and gut and making equally awesome stuff for less money right totally about it yeah yeah that's awesome yeah and i could totally see myself doing that i don't know i'm getting kind of a little burnt out with youtube and i've been doing it for so long so i mean I've been thinking about the future a lot and mm-hmm. even this studio space, like how long I'll be able to keep it. What, what's the next, mm-hmm. I don't know, adventure I want to take. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's frightening, but exciting. And yeah, who knows? The world's your oyster. Totally. And like, again, I, I it's so funny how I preach that and I just regurg- like force that down people's throat. Like you can do whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. But then me thinking about <laughs> doing a switch and changing, it's like, Oh, like it's totally. scary. And like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but par for the course <laughs> totally that's why i hate that's why i always try to tell people to take everything i, I say with a grain of salt because like i feel like so much i sound like i know what i'm talking about when i really you know i just am talking into people's faces so hard yeah and i only can share my experience and that's yeah. the only because that's all i really have that's my only truth but mm-hmm. but hopefully it can 
you know, I can use that to my next step, my next stage in life. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I think there's something to, I mean, I think that in, in that sense of like you're saying, you know, sort of, you didn't say this, but like, it's also my experience, like preaching these things. Yeah. It's like full disclosure. Like, this is what I hold myself accountable to. Mm. And like, this is the, the bar for, for myself. And like, that's, you know, where the philosophy meets the road. Mm -hmm. It's like, these aren't just things that, you know, I'm pulling out of my butt. Yeah. Like, or what someone else said, it's like, this is this is the path and whatever resonates resonates um i think it's interesting you know twofold because i resonate with this like what you said about identifying with your art Mm -hmm. i'm like a very zero to 100 person Mm. and like i have to be able to even it's if it's so simply as like i have to be able to 100% see myself in in a experience i'll give you, like applying to get my phd in philosophy it was like mm. it's kind of like that emerson quote that i referenced in the beginning it's like i have to hit the pavement hard mm. i have to like this has to be my truth today right in order for me to like go forth with something that's fall through and execute yeah yeah it's also not to say that like experiment and curiosity doesn't exist in in my life because it certainly does but like i think one of the hard things i think this is what's really interesting about youtube and and we kind of see that in terms of like where some people go or don't go with the brilliance they create on youtube is like i think and this is like part of the the Buddhist Eastern philosophy is like when we identify with things, it limits us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, who's to say that the the videos that you make on YouTube or someone makes on YouTube aren't, um, well, we get into categories and stuff, mm-hmm. but like aren't of on some level a, a, a filmmaking period right right so then it's like where can i go with that where Mm. do i want to go with that um and you know yeah yeah i hear what you're saying um i don't know i think that's like being super subjective also still which is great and just like because there's those lines like again the hierarchy in our society like there are those and i think they're important they shouldn't be you know you know die to the grave black and white but like right you know hollywood is hollywood because it's big budgets epic movies and it's a lot of resources and time and they make amazing things and that's clearly not accessible for a lot of people and youtube is cheaper and people thought right. it was like lower quality and shitty but like our world is turning to the more like everyone just wants like real stuff like tiktok right. it's just like a camera in everyone's face permanently and like that's really interesting that holds a lot of um, value and entertainment for people and like it will switch I'm sure when VR comes out and it, it will be different in people's you know um, interests and where they hold their interests will change but yeah um, 
yeah like youtube like yeah youtube and like i for me again it's like a personal thing it's like i make the youtube videos and they're epic and they're awesome and i work really hard and if other people agree and they think that great if they don't whatever it's right. like you know you have to release it once it's in the world and right. there's a pie chart of reasons why i do it you know it's to fulfill creatively it's to make money it's to grow the business it's to you know whatever so it's it's not always just so black and white and mm. but you it's out there and it's there i don't know what we were really talking about but <laughs> how that came but um it's so easy to get lost and yeah a thought hole we were talking about i was I gonna ask though. you like who who are your favorite directors like what uh, are some standout films i'm like i'm such like a mob follower also same with like fantasy novels like mm. one of the biggest authors right now is brandon sanderson and he's just cranking out like the most amazing high fantasy work and writes at a ferocious pace so he's constantly coming out with new stuff but Cool. Um, like I love Christopher Nolan I think is a genius like mm -hmm. some of the most well-written movies also at that epic scale of yeah. like the biggest scale like Inception or like yeah. um, his other movies the um, the magic movie I forgot it's one of my favorite movies I'm blanking but um, yeah I mean there's a million people like that who are awesome but I don't know I like like that's like another thing like I'm a sucker for like that pinnacle level like i want to mm. see the best of the best like just saw top gun recently and it was like fucking crazy like that experience you cannot get without new technology and like 300 million dollars you know yeah. what i mean like it's crazy visceral and whatever that's just what i'm into but right it's just awesome so i want to keep seeing that yeah um is that where you experience. would see your like in in a non-obstacled world is that where you would see like what you might contribute in terms of filmmaking maybe yeah i mean if there was no obstacles and i had the yeah. opportunity to work with like insanely smart people who are so good and like be involved with making a blockbuster movie sure i would totally say yes because it's awesome i also like i'm like a I'm like a romantic about it. Like I mm. love the movie making process. Like again, this engineering standpoint, like I love going to theaters and consuming the movie, but like, I love how it's made mm. the different jobs of everyone, the cinematographer, the DP, like mm -hmm. costumes. Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. it's a dance. It's like, and I, this is a subjective opinion, but like film is sort of like the, pinnacle i keep saying of like everything it's like writing it's visual there's music soundtracks like mm. folly like it's all it's almost everything combined i never thought at the top that. level 100%. and like it's not just it's not the top saying like it's better than right you know beyonce singing or mozart or <laughs> or like you know caravaggio but it's like it's kind of all of them combined totally and like it's it involves thousands of people and takes years to make like a really big film so it's really cool like that and the different systems and the cooperation to complete that is fascinating to me so i love it mm -hmm. like i would love to my dream i think is a way more <laughs> realistic dream is to like be on a set and just watch mm -hmm. it you know whether i'm working mm -hmm. um as like a a gaffer or like a grip which are different like jobs but yeah, like yeah. Uh, that that would be awesome i would love to just for the experience you know yeah. not even being really involved with like the writing or directing mm -hmm. but if i had a genie wish 
I would be like, hell yeah, I would love to direct a fucking awesome, crazy, sick movie that I wrote that people loved, right? Like, yeah. ego involved and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Minus no ego. Yeah, no, but yeah, that is a world I do love. And that's another thing where I was talking about before, like, what do I really like? Like, I love that shit. I right. love movie making. I love the production. So why don't I continue to sink my toes into it? I'm, I think I'm going to. It's just... Uh, a matter of how you know right. it's like hard it's not it's right. obviously easier said than done but how right. do i get more involved with that i don't know right you know yeah yeah but also there's other ways like a uh, kid on my podcast uh jordan mm -hmm. stuttered he makes tiktoks and like you think of tiktok as like this crazy cringy dancing things but like it's just another form of social media is he the stop motion uh no, no. that's Close. He does do animation. That's um, okay. 24 frames of Ginger. Was, yeah. World. yeah. Shout out Ginger. Yeah. He's, he's sick. amazing also. And that's within the same vein of this. Right, but right. this kid, Jordan, okay. posted on TikTok and he makes these wonderful six, 60 second like stories cool. about his friends and they're super narrative mm. and like quaint and like ethereal and like it's 60 seconds it's low budget but yeah. like he still does props he writes little scripts oh, and it's amazing and it's so cool and it's just storytelling on a lo yeah. smaller scale but it's like still pretty like it takes a lot of time to make one video for tiktok when right. you think it's just like right. throwing up garbage right um and it's so cool and like i love it and respect it i would love to do yeah. that and that's just him going out and doing it right getting millions of views and people love it so right. it's different than blockbuster movies totally. but it's in the same uh principle yeah it's in the same basket exactly and it's awesome and that he only you know can go up from there i'm right. sure you know right um that's so i have to check out his stuff that's like you love it. something that like i am developing right now and like playing with as a, a trial for for reself is like under this umbrella of perspectives mm. and using storytelling, like short narratives to communicate these ideas yeah. in like the most relatable sense. Because totally. For me, like what I love about film, other than, you know, everything that you said, which you said so well of that intersection mm -hmm. of all of these different disciplines yeah. is like, I love how i feel mm -hmm. when i watch a movie oh, how totally. a movie touches me and yeah. like what what is you know behind that and it's it's again it's like what is the role of film in our human experience mm -hmm. and i did um we had a conversation about don't look up mm. on the podcast and like breaking down you know that film specifically and and you know in that idea of stories telling us something it's like what mm -hmm. was this story telling mm -hmm. us because there's so much there to unpack and it's like okay maybe joe on the street doesn't think like that but like that's how i watch movies mm. and like that's how movies touch me and i right. sit with them so it's like let's have that conversation and what is that what do you walk away with when you look at you know inception it's like what are those ideas totally. that are in that movie that's just like whoa yeah thought-provoking i mean it is again like i don't think everyone has that experiences but i really get like vi viscerally feel that and like mm -hmm. especially with, like the fantasy movies like when i watch star wars like i don't want it to end i want to be in that world because i mm -hmm. like whatever give myself into it and i just enjoy it it's like gluttonous almost yeah but for other movies also like you think 
really good movies put you in that movie as close as you possibly can get to that world without being in it and it's maybe the only way to do that is through all of the sensory like visual music you know mm -hmm. communication people relatability yeah. on a big screen yeah. um but it's amazing like it, it just plays you know the strings of your heart totally. completely and i'm like i tell this to everyone and i again wear it on my sleeve and i don't give a shit but like i love disney movies and yeah. like i love disney soundtracks and during our figure drawing sessions i play a bunch of disney soundtracks and people are like what, what are and, your favorite ones oh i mean you could go on hercules like aladdin um i mean moana frozen like all those things um it, it's like whatever they they're just like genius storytellers like mm. music with the animation yeah. with the character development it's just like they're fucking geniuses it's pretty undisputed yeah but um what was i saying like that and like it just it just whether it's me or not it like really affects me you know mm -hmm. even animation it's like wow how are they like touching me so much it's crazy mm -hmm. but I don't know. I'm a sucker for that. I'm a Disney adult. Just kidding. <laughs> but like what I was saying, I've put so many people on. People are kind of like, what? Why are we listening to like like the Moana soundtrack right now while mm -hmm. we draw? I'm just like, give it a shot. And then everyone loves it by the end. I put so many people on. Nice. Beauty and the Beast. Fire. Fire stuff right there. Not always, but <laughs> sprinkle a little original soundtrack saying it's great. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I, um... I feel the same way about certain soundtracks, like mm -hmm. the Darjeeling Limited Whoa. soundtrack. What's that? Wes Anderson. Darjeeling. 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 Is that one of his movies? Yeah. Oh, wow. I haven't seen that one. I love Wes Anderson also. Oh. What, is it older? Mm? I suck. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'll look that up later. It's, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm excited for you. I love it. It's like these three brothers go to India on for like seeking a spiritual experience. And mm. It's just like the chaos of their dysfunctionality. Wow. And the soundtrack is so good. I am. Um, I teach yoga nice. in my uh, free time, and there's one song. I'm so upset right now. It's they took it off Spotify. Oh, A lot no. of it he pulled from soundtracks of um, Indian movies. Mm. So perhaps that has something to do with it. But it was just with this one song. And I, I mean, talk about like music intersecting with other things. I think it's really interesting the way, I mean, a workout, the way your music yeah, matters yeah. so much to your workout, the way music influences a yoga practice, like when you're so present um, and the way it can shape that practice. Like I did one the other day and most of the music was like sort of, Italian and uh, Brazilian and it was just so interesting and the way it fit with like the time of day that it was done it just like worked so well and you're you're transported mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's you know that's it's really cool there was I was in a practice once and someone played I think it was a violin rendition of um, oh god what was the song oh Moon River Mm. and I started crying wow. but it's like the way I mean I always say I'm a crier and yeah. I I think that I said this to someone else and she like scoffed at me and was like what no I think that like for me especially when I watch a movie it's like mm -hmm. crying that means I I'm being touched by oh, it oh totally like I think to cry is to be <laughs> to cry is to be alive yeah 
but like it's it's to be touched by by experience that much and i think that yeah that was a really cool moment and that I is cool have those moments many times but it's like yeah the power of of art totally I, i'm the same like i don't i don't think i cry like in my normal life like emotionally i mean yeah. sometimes my emotional bag is full and i drain it and it's great but movies yeah and tv shows like because i'm so in it again yes. this might be different from other people but like it raises my emotions just at a base level right. so when something even cliche or dumb happens like i'm ready to just right. let the water works out right even for like animated movies or anything you know it's because you're present yeah and you're just like so in it and like i don't know you're holding on to each scene and you know it's also like a very small snippet of like intense emotion that that's mm -hmm. what movies are right with character arcs and plots but i completely agree and it's great but not much for music honestly like i can't mm -hmm. say that for music i think i get in a vibe for sure like if, like i'm walking or i'm in the train or working out like put your headphones in and you're completely in whatever vibe and it's pretty powerful but i don't think i like emotionally cry from it i don't think i ever mm -hmm. have um, or like the visceral experience, like the playlists that I do for Reself are all super specifically curated mm. for a specific feeling mm -hmm. to be evoked. And it's like... And it's completely valid. Yeah. And it's fascinating how it's that happens. It's so fascinating. And it's like, I mean, down to the lyrics. But yeah. it's like, that's, I mean, that's what all of these things can do mm -hmm. uh, in any sort of art discipline, which is so, again not everyone needs to think about it right but it's cool when we think about it yeah and we're also conversing and articulating right. it so it's great right yeah 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 i fucking love mo movies i've seen too many it's like hard <laughs> to watch new movies because i hate re-watching movies yeah and i'm also really picky mm. like if i don't and i'll watch anything with someone else like uh -huh. the, the the camaraderie of sharing that experience yeah. and i'll rewatch anything but if i'm by myself i have to see something i haven't seen uh -huh. and then i get so picky and i spend so much time looking for something that i never watch it my that's so funny my yeah, mom specifically hates that i am like that yeah she's you like, like that too yeah yeah it's she's terrible like, i feel bad for lydia myself. just pick a movie i know i'm like i can't even explain to you what's going into this process right now yeah i know i have to be so involved and like excited right it's terrible but so she goes exactly exactly it uh it's a magical thing mm -hmm. it's fascinating i think like i love to just think about like the fact that we animals do this, like art in general. That's why mm -hmm. I love this series. That's why I love having conversations about this. That's, you know, it sort of goes into the philosophy piece of it. It's like, is it valid that, is it great that philosophy happens on such a highbrow academic level? Yes. Are those contributions important? Yes. Mm -hmm. But I also think you know, I had this epiphany one day where I was like, I think that some of the equally important philosophers of our time aren't in academia. Mm. Maybe they have a podcast. Maybe yeah. they make movies. Maybe right. they write literature, whatever it is. Yeah. But um, it's of equal and important value um 
and it's the art in which it's it's said it's yeah not the bajillion fancy word ramble. no totally yeah like just commenters on reality mm-hmm. you know artists or painters right poets yeah i mean again i think there's this like hierarchic section of mm-hmm. philosophy that's like academic and yep. rigorous and right. using big words and that's mm-hmm. that's sort of perhaps the backbone of contemplating life but then yeah the people who are random podcasters or other people just you know commenting on life through a different medium is they could be equally as prolific and totally. awesome you know who i like a lot russell brand you ever listen to him i've listened to some he's kind of crazy he is and um for me i get impressionable is not the right word because i'm not a child in that sense anymore mm-hmm. but um i'm really open so like if i resonate with someone's idea it like permeates into me i see and i know this about myself like i have to be careful yeah. about the ideas i entertain yeah if they say something you agree with then you're just like but cult it's, follower exactly is that what you're saying kind of yeah i'm like that too sort of and like it's I think Russell Brand, I saved one. I'm visualizing it right now. I have one of his clips on um, my, my you know, private Tumblr mm-hmm. that I saved, which I thought was interesting. And I think, you know, he has interesting ideas. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, it's a rabbit hole, man. Oh, he's a rabbit hole. And I, I say it specifically for like entertaining purposes. Like, I think he's yes. really funny. He has like a silver tongue. The way he yes. talks is like fascinating mm-hmm. and i love like good communicators regardless if it's like trash or fucking yep political you know debauchery but he's just like a crazy entertaining person but yeah talk about rabbit holes he goes down it immediately yes immediately he- with anything the guest says or by himself it's just like what are you, like what are you talking about yeah but it's like i just like him because he's like a cool totally commentator i think i mean you touched on it <clears throat> and i i wrote a paper about this I think there's so, and I, you know, for myself, there's something there to learn and to integrate, and I'm, I'm working on it because it's also my personality. So, like, one thing that's really interesting is that I've seen in my own growth, like, the way in which things that I say are, like, becoming, you know, I say them in my own way. You mm. know what I mean? And I think that when we share philosophies and like especially other people's philosophies i think the beauty is in you know what you bring to it and Mm -hmm. what i bring to it and my interpretation and and humor and so where i was going with that is i wrote a paper about how um it was it was called dave Chappelle, comedic philosopher nice that's what he is yeah cool I think that's cool. That's what resonates with me about, you know, what he's been doing since Chappelle's show. Mm -hmm. And I think there's so much. And it's like, to me, it's kind of like what you said about Russell Brand. It's like, that's the ability to use comedy, Mm -hmm. film, literature, poetry to um, introduce ideas that either lay idle within our subconscious Mm. or are in our lived experience or whatever or um make us think yeah i think that's so cool yeah and it's i think a very um effective tool exactly like comedians are kind of lucky because they're kind of in the space of like 
they don't need to be taken seriously but also can be because mm-hmm. they have that freedom so they're like sort of like the ultimate commentators on like mm-hmm. society and life or any idea and then mm-hmm. they can kind of just fall back and be like oh this is like a bit or a joke but then right. they also kind of have the ability to like be serious we're like the normal people if you're not like a comedian or care about your reputation you're not going to say crazy right. things but you know com- so comedians have that flexibility and yeah. I-, I like it and i watch a lot of like comedian podcasts like that's like i'd say 50 percent of mm. what i'm listening to also and they're just ridiculous but it's also super entertaining and just because you're a dumb comedian talking about like farts or whatever crazy <laughs> explicit <laughs> things you could still have like profound like things yeah. to say so it's a pretty interesting like you said um ability to like talk about everything and it's like to introduce ideas or whatever through comedy mm. which is super relatable like who doesn't like comedy you gotta be kind of like a psychopath to not have a funny bone in you but yeah um it's totally true and that's why i think they're it's almost like a monopoly now especially with youtube and podcasting like they've completely monopolized entertainment right. and clips on instagram and tiktok and like every comedian has a special now and like comedians are like the mm-hmm. most famous people now like they're superstars you know mm-hmm. almost and mm-hmm. it sort of speaks to our society and what people you know want to adhere to or resonate with it's relatable but it's like also could be thought-provoking and totally it's a form of art it's awesome yeah i'm totally a big fan used to be a huge comedian in this building he just left a few months ago yeah andrew schultz you ever heard of him oh i think i've seen some of his stand-up yeah he's amazing and he's just huge but um anyways yeah beautiful yeah that's cool that great that's really cool that you wrote about dave chappelle it's not like I could see it. I my could see it. <laughs> uh, academic. It's not your magnus opus, magnum opus, or whatever it's called. What is that? Mag? Oh, whatever. I, I, yeah. I think that's it. I don't know. Magnum um, opus. No, it's it's not, but it's certainly my my thought. Yeah. No, I was I was. Yeah, it's like you know, I didn't write that for any class. Oh really? No, I just wrote it for myself. Oh shit. Um. And like the follow-up piece that I wrote from uh, my like philosophy of fashion thing that I did for an independent study um, also wasn't for a class, but it's like, these are the things I care about that Mm -hmm. academia didn't. Yeah, totally. But that's like, I think probably so many kids are writing cool papers like that that like aren't i guess in the academic journals but holds so much validity like yeah that's just a great what you keep saying intersection right that's awesome right yeah i would love to see it get some validity mm. somewhere but i think a people would unanimously agree totally i mean i don't know the in and inner workings or the evidence you present but like dave Chappelle as a like comedian a philosopher through comedy is i think people would totally agree with right right but it's like or like uh, especially if you present the argument well enough 100 percent. yeah but then i mean for me i then i ask like why why don't we talk about this in school why Mm. don't we talk about this in a journal Mm -hmm. what it what (laughs) yeah what is art what is philosophy (laughs) who decides these things right yeah it's a whole it's a whole yeah so are you uh, like aggravated with the like academic um landscape for like Mm. curriculum of learning philosophy like philosophy 101 you think it should be a wider not just old people like from 
I think Athens or something. I I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I love ancient Greek philosophy. Mm-hmm. I still have so much to learn and read from it. Mm. Obviously, there's so much. But um, I just, I mean, for me, I really just think, especially in, in the Western world, and, you know, it's really interesting. Like, when I went to look at my PhD paths, it was like, I was still interested in Eastern philosophy at the time. Mm-hmm. But there's, like, nowhere for me to go to learn that and study yeah. that here. And so... I would love to see Eastern philosophy get into curriculums. Yeah. Um, I think there's so much importance in that in that um, presentation of other ideas. Um, but it's sort of like that that um, closed loop. Mm. If if it's not introduced, we don't have teachers. If there's not teachers, it's not introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I mean, you know, these are things for us to improve on. Mm-hmm. And yeah there's you know the you would love sam harris I'll have to i don't know like stuff. i don't know if if you give me an episode to listen to i'll listen to yeah him. i mean I, like a lot of people like dislike him or jordan Peterson because of like the political landscape or right. something but if you just completely disregard that which exactly. i do like Same. they they're just so smart and just say crazy mm-hmm. things that you're like oh you know like yeah you kind of like agree with it innately but you couldn't say it yourself mm-hmm. but also just the like people who are well read like you seem yeah. very well read and smart and like Thank bringing you. up all these quotes and names name dropping no, but literally. some people you know who are like you know they're like in their late 40s and they're like professors it's like holy fridge you're like way smarter than me it's so fascinating but you would love it because he totally talks about all that stuff and like i feel like he's sort of like uh you know a shining light for like talking about eastern philosophy. maybe not as much as i think but he mentions it a lot and he like is a huge believer and he also has this like famous app that it's like is it the calm app i don't know it's like one of the most famous like um assistive meditative apps is that his i, don't, I think so one of the biggest ones is him and like he's like the biggest like proponent for like talking about meditation mm-hmm. but also like making it really accessible but yeah. he's also like a super genius neuro neurologist and i don't know i think you would be totally into him beautiful yeah he has his own podcast he's on joe rogan a million times all the big ones but i love i love listening to him awesome and he also is like not he's way like probably one of the most articulate clear speakers i've ever heard but he could also kind of go down the rabbit hole or it's just so highbrow where I'm like, okay, I don't, I'm not following. Like, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Same yeah, with yeah. Jordan Peterson, like yeah. his religious things and Bible things. I'm like, dude, okay, that is amazingly <laughs> above my pay grade, but it's still interesting to listen to. Exactly. But um, yeah, you should cool. check him out. I'll try to look for something that would be up your alley that he talks about a specifically podcast, but I don't remember one specifically. Love a good recommendation. Yeah yeah it's too easy to recommend things and then never like i feel like people recommend things to me all the time like oh check that out i'll never do you know yeah (laughs) that's like the most sour thing i feel so bad but (sighs) when there's too much coming in you know for sure and also at the end of the day i want to listen to whatever i want to listen to (laughs) yeah 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 i've been on a podcast hiatus recently oh yeah i'm like in a a season of my life where trying to hear what Lydia has to say totally nice yeah but I I mean I love I love podcasts and I listen to it very lightheartedly like it's almost like music like I don't really listen to music anymore yeah well I paint it's just podcasts I put podcasts on it's just background fucking arbitrage I think when I've seen you do that in your videos I think it's so fascinating because when I got into podcasts like literally 
for me, it was like journal out, pen out, mm. whatever's hitting, I have to write down. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't listen to a podcast without writing something down. Right. And then, um, yeah, I just think, I think it's fascinating that you can have it, like, as you said, background. Oh yeah. Music. It's just background. Cause like you would think that I love my big fancy novels that are so long thousand pages right. and so you'd think that like listening to an audiobook would be perfect because like I'm painting I'm mm-hmm. just sitting you could listen but I have to focus on that right. and I can't focus on the painting like I'll ha- I can't you know dual wield like yeah, my yeah. brain I have to just do one so audiobooks aren't good while I'm working but totally podcasts good. are perfect because it's like you could listen you don't have to mm-hmm. you know I'm not trying to just like learn always most of the time I'm listening to like just literally the dumbest pot like comedian <laughs> podcast yeah, which yeah. is just like garbage but it's just mindless and it's fun and I also like the video podcast a lot because mm-hmm. I like it like to the side and I could look and see people's reactions yeah I almost selectively only watch podcasts which is I know really kind of backwards and weird mm-hmm. but I almost never I mean I will listen to like a podcast in the car mm-hmm. but it's almost always the video podcast mm-hmm. in the just the side which is why my podcast, I want to do basically always video. Right. I mean, you can listen to it, obviously, but it's the video. Because I like looking at the people. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I like that. It's nice. It's fun. Yeah. I think that's it. Okay. Thanks, Sam. Of course. Yeah. Thanks. This was wonderful. Was super interesting conversation. I can't wait to follow more of what you're doing because it's awesome.